This is episode two of Conversations with the Bald Head Queen with Nina Bruton. Yes, yes, here we are. You are back with Conversations with the Bald Head Queen. I thank you for tuning in. This is episode two, and I am excited to share with you all the whys of the Bald Head Queen. I mean, it's a long story that I do hope you'll take the time to listen. Uh, <laughs> it is, um, uh, and I want to start with uh, a poem that I wrote back in, shoot, that had to been 1992. It is part of my second book, a collection of poetry called Heart of a Queen Poetry and Prose from the Soul. I was able to include it in there, which we released this back in 2013, a year after releasing my memoir, Dramas of a Bald Head Queen. I am working to re-release Dramas of a Bald Head Queen as we've grown in the past few years and I am ever becoming and the drama is never, ever, ever uh, over. <laughs> as long as we are living, there's going to be dramas. Um, dramas being a series of conflicting events or forces. That is all that life is, right? When you, uh, when you, it gets down to it, uh, right or wrong, heaven or hell, should I grow my hair? Should I not? Am I beautiful? Am I not? What do I believe? There's always some battle going on and some conflicting forces in our lives. Yeah leave us on this journey to self-discovery because that's what this is. So dramas of a bald head queen. Back in 1992, I um, wrote a piece called I See It. I was 13. <laughs> the bald head princess. I don't know what it is that makes me so beautiful, but I see it. It may be there once a week or maybe even every day for a whole week. It comes and it goes. It changes with the weather. I don't know what it is, but it makes me feel better. Maybe it's in my shape. No, really, it's more than that. Maybe it's in my beautiful brown eyes. Maybe it's simply because I'm black. I guess I'll never know what it really is. Maybe it's in my full lips. I don't know what it is. All I know is I see it. So there's that. At 13, I was expressing my... Uh, love for myself all while still trying to find love for myself. The fact of the matter is growing up, I was clowned. I was bullied, whatever you want to call it, teased. I caught it. My brother and I both did for various reasons. But uh, I, as a young girl growing up in this time, if we didn't have hair flowing down our back, if we didn't have uh, long, uh, if we didn't have long, luxurious hair, or even any hair that touched our shoulders, any sign of a kink, then we were considered nappy, we were considered bald head. And that was like the worst, the worst diss that anyone could ever give a girl, uh, in my opinion. It, it, I, I tell people it's like the equivalent of uh, your mama on the basketball court, like, it just don't do it, right? Just don't. Uh, and so I actually have fought over being called ballhead. I have actually fought people eventually over being called ballhead. I mean, ballhead, have a ballhead, bitch, ballhead, 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 ballhead. <laughs> so growing up with a single father, you can imagine the the 
attempts that he gave. There was no, there were no YouTube tutorials. There were no, uh, there was nowhere. He would try to take me to different women and different salons and people would tell her, Oh, you need to do this with the baby's hair. You need to do that with it. And so by the time I was in kindergarten, I had already had a relaxer, been burned by a relaxer and had to cut all of my hair off because it was so badly damaged from chemicals. This is by kindergarten. I'll share a picture of my, my chem kindergarten photo with you all picture excuse me, my school picture from kindergarten with you all in uh, somewhere online. I'll make sure that you have access to that because it's adorable. First of all, I, I know that now I've always loved that picture. It's literally one of my favorite pictures of myself, but in it, I have this teeny weeny Afro and <laughs> I'm sitting there poised in my favorite plaid dress, my white blouse, little ruffled uh, sleeves and big old eyebrows, even bigger eyes and this little nappy afro it had been picked out i remember going through the line year after year uh when taking school photos it would um they would always have the little the life touch people would always have like a little comb for every student so as you uh come up you know this is an opportunity for you so they had these individual little plastic combs um for us to all do our hair with and make sure that we were picture ready for you know before we sat in the seat to get our shot so of course all the black kids I remember thinking like I can't get this through my hair what is this little comb doing for me what <laughs> even as a child I knew that it wasn't like what and you know in Park City Kansas which is a little suburb of Wichita they shown up wasn't uh up on game when it came to uh, blackness and caring for black hair and caring for black children uh at school and outside of school so I literally grew up with a father who would try. He would try all his, with all his might. Shout out to Matthew Cherry and Hair Love because had he had the Hair Love video when I was a child uh, and, and all the other tutorials and different things, encouraging fathers to uh, do right by their daughter's hair, <laughs> I might have some hair today. I just might. But what ended up happening is my, I remember my father trying to press my hair. He'd put these big old curlers in it. He would use a curling iron and I it's, I'm amazed I still have ears because he burned my ears so many times. Uh, I remember getting going through beads and braids and they were never quite long enough because again, so the braids didn't stay on. I mean, beads didn't stay on because I didn't really have a whole lot of hair to, to work with. Right. Um, and we went through again the jerry curls. By the time I was in first to second grade, they were trying to put chemicals on it again. They being whoever my father was married to or dating at the time, whoever, whatever salon he would take me to that was near where he worked. I had the most random people working on my hair. I've been through uh, Carefree Curl. I've been through Wave Nouveau's. I've been through, uh, um, Lord, uh, S Curls. And which is just a lighter version of a, a curl, right? So it's a, a texturizer is what we call it. And of course, the pressing combs and the hot combs and, and, the, and the Marcel curlers, I've gone through it all. So when I was 10, my brother and I moved in with my mother, with our mother and her partner, who is my mother's biracial. She's German and black. So she didn't know what to do with my hair. And then her partner was a white lady. So she sure enough didn't know what to do with my hair. So imagine me 
going from the single father to these two these these two women who do not have hair like I do. They are not black like me. And um having to leave it in my fate in their hands when it came to my hair. Honey, that hair was a mess for years. For years. And now looking back, I'm I'm like if I could have just <sighs> for years. And so when I was 14, is when I determined I saw Michelle and Daigle Cello for the first time. I saw the video Dreadlocks. And again, my brother and I were living with mom and Myrna by now. So we got cable, you know, I'm checking things out on BET. I'm seeing uh, the people, uh, students in, on Teen Summit with these fly natural styles and, and different looks. And I'm being in, inspired in a brand new way, in a way that I'd never been before. My blackness was blossoming. And even, even within the household that I was in. And so for years, for years, for years through middle school and high and, and going into high school, I remember my girlfriends used to always, I was always the, the mother Africa, you know, the, the queen, that's where the name queen Nina came from. Uh, my friends had all their nicknames and they would call me queen Nina, queen Nina and queen. I mean, I've gone through many, many variations of queen of my queendom in this becoming. And, um, so I remember, when I saw Michelle, Michelle and Daigle Cello with her bald head in the dreadlocks video, I was in love. I was like, yo, I could totally do this. I could do this. I, I would look so good. Like I knew it at 14 that I would look so bomb with no hair. But of course, explaining that to my mother <laughs> was not happening. She was like, I wish you would. I was like, but, but, but. So I kind of stuck it out and uh, for about a year or so, I mean, then somewhere along the line, I was able to gather up enough courage to say, look, it's my hair. Y'all don't know what to do with it. So just let me, you know, I was, and I was getting to that age where I was learning more responsibility. So I remember, um, I must've had my driving permit because I feel like I drove myself or maybe my brother dropped me off. Cause I was 15 when I first went natural. And what I did, the way I started is I, I took Oh, I went and I got a, I went to a stylist. I didn't know to go to a regular barber yet. I, I didn't know any barbers to go to. I think my brother was probably cutting his own hair or had a friend cutting his hair at that time. So um, I remember uh, going and the lady cut my hair. I wasn't quite pleased with how she shaped it, but I put a texturizer on it first to loosen my coils, quote unquote, loosen my naps. And um and looking back, I know now that I did that, not because I wasn't ready to make the jump into full on natural hair, but because I felt like this would ease people into what they were looking at, right? They would, this would ease them into it and they would be able to, it would make them more comfortable with my hair being so short. Okay. So I started out with a little texturizer and eventually with this trim and trim and trim until I was done with it altogether. And by the time I was 15, 15, 16, my sophomore year in high school came around. I was over by the end of that school year, I should say. I was uh, over it. I was over the texturizers. And I remember our uh, school variety show, Titan Antics. Shout out to Scott Hay and South High School in Wichita, Kansas. Titan Antics was our huge school variety show, variety show that the arts department put on every year. And that particular year was, oh goodness, it's something in regards to the 70s. 
it was, I wish I could think of the name of it, but I can't, it's not coming to me. But anyway, so of course, every week there, we were singing the age of Aquarius. Queen was one of the songs we sang. My brother and I sang Imagine by um, uh, John Lennon as a duet. I'll have to find a video. And because of course it's still on VHS. But that year I had stopped with the texturizer and I had a full blown Afro and I wore bell bottoms that I made out of my jeans and some hip, some little hip huggers that I had in a little crop shirt. And I had, a, and I wrote black power down my pant legs and got a little bit of flack for that, but who cares? And, um, And that's when I first started really, really rocking my Afro, like rocking my natural hair as it was. And I was still in a place where I had to, I kept it picked out because it had to be, I felt like an Afro had to be picked out. Like it couldn't be nappy. It couldn't be textured, right? None of that. I didn't want to show any of that because again, it was a, it was a, a battle between me being comfortable with who I was and my newfound blackness and my newfound confidence in my blackness and still keeping the good people of Wichita, Kansas, uh, um, um, uh, comfortable and keeping my mother, uh, from being embarrassed. Yo, and that moves me forward to a time in life. So at this point, I'd only had a, uh, I'd only had a, an Afro, like my hair, maybe it went as low as I would go was probably two, three inches, right. Uh, Or a little more. I never got long. It never got long, but I would, I never went low like I am now until I started growing locks in, this was the summer of 1996. Late summer '96, I was like, I'm, I want to, I want to grow some locks. I didn't know nothing about no locks. I had heard that you use beeswax at the time, uh, and, and pomade, and so what I didn't realize that as my hair was growing, the top was more mixed, quote unquote, biracial. So it was straighter at the top and then nappier. My daddy's hair was around the back and uh, the sides. So I had, I didn't know anything about having multi, multi textured hair. Look, I kind of said that multi-textured hair and, uh, yeah, it took, (laughs) it took a whole lot of effort to get my hair to lock. And in doing so, it was at the top of my senior year in high school. And I remember I was in a, (laughs) I was in a pageant type competition a scholarship competition called Fashionetta back at home. And so this is put on by Lynx Incorporated. So there are AKAs involved and the highfalutin black folks, right? The high, high sedity black folks in Wichita. And it was an opportunity for us all to, uh, you know, whoever wanted to participate to do so. But here I am at a meet and greet luncheon tea with my mom. It was like a mother daughter luncheon situation. And I had my, I wish I had pictures from this. I really do. And uh, because I had my starter locks and they were all over my head, I'm sure. And now I'd probably appreciate it because I'm, I'm most comfortable with the, it's a little structure when it comes to having my hair uh, grown out that leaves me the freedom to not have to worry about it being in place. And is it neat and da, 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 forget all that. I've grown beyond all of that. But back then, like I said earlier, I still thought that I had to have, um, I was just embarking when I started my locks on being uh, quote unquote unruly uh, with it and letting my hair, learning my hair and letting it do what it wanted to do naturally while coiling. So, and locking. So, 
we're at the mother daughter luncheon and <laughs> this little lady, this little light skinned lady, I always tell people she looked like she could have been the first AKA ever. She was a little, little light skinned lady and she was old and uh, she had white, long white hair and she was beautiful. Do not get me wrong. She had this long, uh, straight white hair. It had, you know, gone completely white with the years. And she came up to me and was, had been making her way around the room as many of us were. And, um, she came up to me and my mother who were there and she said, baby, you are beautiful. And I was like, thank you, ma'am. You know, I'm smiling. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Being polite. And she said, but honey, you got to cut that shit off your head. And my mother, (laughs) y'all, I'm mortified thinking about it. My mother literally turns in and starts clapping. Thank you. Thank you. Like I've been trying to tell her. Right. And I'm sitting there like, did this just happen? And ma'am, you're betraying me. I'm your daughter. Like, what are you doing? Like in public y'all trying to play my life like this. So I said, okay, cool. I held it together. I don't know how I held it together. Again, the rest of the day is a blur. I don't even remember anything else from that day because that thing blew my mind. I do know that much. I guess I just pushed the rest of the feelings out of my head because I honestly don't recall. And so I said, okay, cool. I got y'all. So I said, I'll wait until after I graduate from high school to grow my locks. That way, can't nobody tell me nothing. I only have, you know, a year left, whatever. And so I went to the barbershop and I started going to Adrian's barbershop at this time. I was like, I need a barber. And, and I went in and I was like, cut it all off. And of course the question was, hmm, what? Like, come again. I was like, cut it low, cut it. And that's when I started getting fades, started getting crew cuts. And let me tell you something. My, my I, I was, I did it almost at a, as an act of rebellion. Like, oh, you want my hair cut? Then let me, I'm cutting it all the way off. And then lo and behold, if I didn't participate in the pageant and win Miss Fashion, <laughs> so it kind of backfired. But that was the beginning of something special. <laughs> and that is when I started my, really started the journey to becoming who I am today, the bald hair queen. I've truly just become most comfortable with as little hair as possible. And I'm just confident over the years. I remember I've had people, even children ask me like, why don't you have no hair? Like little boys, like, why don't you have hair? Girls are supposed to have hair. And I, and I, my, my answer is always, well, don't you think my face is beautiful enough without it? And normally I kind of get a, a, you know, the child will blush and well, yes. And I'm like, okay, what if I couldn't grow hair? That's another thing I ask people. What if I couldn't grow hair? Then what? Would I be any less beautiful if I had alopecia? Would I be any less beautiful if I, for some reason, had to endure some sort of cancer treatment and lost my hair for whatever reason? Would that make me any less beautiful? And that's what I had to learn. And that's what I had to, because even as a child, I remember as a little girl struggling with self-image and in my hair. And I remember looking in the mirror like, but I'm pretty. I always wanted to be a model. I'm pretty though, but I'm pretty. Why can't people see that I'm pretty? It's because this hair, I done been called Don King. I done been called Buckwheat. I done been called Yo. Every name in the book that has to do with somebody's awful hair, I've been it. And it took the grace of God, I'm sure. It's amazing to me that I have the confidence that I have today. Excuse me. And it was only by the grace of God, for sure. Because, honey, them folk tried to break me. 
Kids tried to break me. Adults tried to break me. Adults would clown me. Adults, whole adults. I remember would drive by while I'm outside and would like throw out jokes about my nappy hair. Like what? And they were adults to me. Perhaps they were in their 20s or something. But if I'm eight, you know, what in the world? And so as the years progressed, I became more and more confident with who I am as an individual. And so the hair really stopped mattering to me. It really stopped mattering to me. And as I started to uh, prepare to, I started writing Dramas of a Bald Hair Queen and wanting to get my story out about self-image and about um, self-love. It is then that uh, I was talking with a friend, my friend Cabana Black from the Fuzz Band. Shout out to the Fuzz Band and my girl Tiffany Wright. We were we used to hang out. This is in early 2000s at this point. I'm I've been through a couple of heads of locks. I done cut my hair off a few times. I'm 20 something years old. I'm living a whole lot of life. I'm stationed in Virginia, where I currently reside. I was stationed at Langley Air Force Base, and honey, I was living. <laughs> my early 20s were some dramas indeed. Okay, and um. I remember always telling Cabana and Tiff stories about, you know, what happened this week or what happened last week with this dude or this, this situation that I was in or whatever the case may be. And we used to always joke and say, oh, it'll be in a book. Oh, it'll be in a book. You know, that's something you need to put in a book. Right. And because they knew that my goal was to, in fact, write a book someday. And (laughs) at this point, Cabana's like, Lord, here we go with the dramas of the bald head queen. And it just flowed off of his tongue effortlessly. I mean, and we always joke about him being an oracle or some sort of, uh, he has some divine connection, some direct connection to God that other people don't have because he he dropped that and it clicked in that moment. Like, that's the name of my book. That's the name of my memoir. And from there, you know, uh, I remember I started, I, started this kind of in my head, bald head queen, dramas of a bald head queen. And I kept it and held on to it for years. And then social media came about. And that's when Twitter started a few years later, Twitter got popping. And then years after that, I got into Instagram. And from there, my, uh, my handle was bald head queen on Twitter. That's where that started. And then of course, I've just kept it rolling from there. And I figure somewhere along the line, I determined, well, you know what, I may be bald head, but y'all gonna call me queen. So you can have all the jokes you want, because now you can't tell me I ain't fine. Okay. With no hair, even on my worst days. Okay. So look, this is just why the bald head queen. There's so much more that I have to share with you all regarding who I am as an individual, as a woman, as a wife, as I've mentioned before, uh, this is just all part of the things that I, the things that I've learned along the way, even just down to my own self image is something that is, has always led me in my walk to inspire people to be light in the world. I could have very well and have had very, very dark moments in my life in dark, dark periods of uh, dark seasons, if you will. But um, these are all the things that I've now been able to recognize as stepping stones and building blocks, if you will, into becoming who I am, becoming queen, becoming this person that I am today and the person that I am to become. Uh, I do not take lightly the life that I've had and the ways that I've been 
created the ways that I've evolved as, as a woman regarding my self image, regarding my health, regarding everything that I am. And so it is my hope that as you learn about the dramas of the bald head queen, and as we continue the conversations here, that you'll be able to tap in and, and, and see a piece of your life in mine. And again, it is always, always, always my hope that we find ourselves learning new ways that we can be light in this world from self-image to spirituality, to, uh, uh, marriage, to career, we can be the light and spread peace, love, and light everywhere that we go and everything that we do. And it's been my goal to do that since, since, uh, since a youth, <laughs> since I was a youth, <laughs> So thank you all for listening. Uh, I do hope that this has inspired you or amused you in some form of fashion. If you have any questions, please, as always, you can, you know where to find me on Instagram. Check us out at webethelight.com and share. If there's something you want to hear, if there's something that we should address here or should unpack, by all means, please just shoot me a message and we'll, we'll make it happen. Remember, we be the light. You've been listening to Conversations with the Baldhead Queen. I thank you for listening and do hope that you will take the time to rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. As always, I invite you to share and you can always find this and more at webethelight.com.